podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Anfield Next Writers Podcast. I am Tom Holmes. We are joined by two fantastic guests. I'm going to start off with Adam Petrucian, who is a regular on this show. Adam, how are you, mate? Not too bad, Tom. I, I just watched Spain barely get through against the powerhouse that is around. So if there's a little background noise, that's uh, the people celebrating outside here in Madrid. Can't imagine the Madridistas are, are overly happy with tonight's performance. Um, and joining us all the way from... Australia is Alex Barillaro. I hope I pronounced that right, Alex. Um, but Alex is joining us as well. You've been on a couple of times now, Alex. How are you, my friend? Oh, very well, Tom. Thank you very much for having me on again. Uh, yeah, the pronunciation was spot on, so thank you very much for that. Usually I have to do the uh, the old, yeah, you were close, but you know it's fine, it'll do. But no, that was that was absolutely spot on, so uh, I'm delighted to be on. Thanks for having me. No, yeah, it's great to have you on. Uh, it's it's glad to hear I'm doing a better job than Leanne did in the group chat after yesterday's after last time you were on. I was just like, Leanne, that's not even close to how you spell Alex's name, right? <laughs> um, okay, so we're going to talk today a lot about the striking situation at Liverpool. We are going to focus on Divock Origi, but before we narrow in on Divock, we're going to focus on Adam's article, which sort of talks about Origi. It also brings in the other sort of main contenders, sort of the young strikers who are sort of flowing through. So we've got Dominic Solanke and Rian Brewster in that list as well. And Adam, I'm going to let you go first. Um, so if you want to just sort of kick us off by telling us about your article, your thoughts and feelings on all three strikers, and then we can sort of kick off the pod. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Uh, in my article, I compared uh, Origi's experience to that of uh, a young man coming back from maybe a summer vacation, pre-cell phone days, uh you're expecting to pick up where things left off with your flame, and then uh, she sort of looks at you and gives you that things have changed look. Now, speaking of uh, personal experience, of course, why'd you do it to me, Jasmine? Why'd you do it to me? No. Um, <laughs> uh, I compared Origi's prospects to Solanke and Brewster and uh, laid out the, the preseason that uh, we might see between the three of them, sort of the battle to come in the next few months. Okay, cool. So if you want to sort of, yeah, go to... So yeah, give us a bit of an overview, give us your thoughts on Origi, give us your thoughts on Solanke, give us your thoughts on Brewster, and then we can get into it a bit. Yeah, so, you know, Origi, like I said, I just feel like he's coming back into a totally different situation than where he left. He left on loan as one of Liverpool's sort of top young prospects, and the expectation levels and the talent level in the squad have completely changed uh, while he was and Wolfsburg on loan and didn't go entirely well for him. Um, he left a team that needed a 20-goal striker. He comes back to a team that has three 20-goal strikers and two attacking prospects who are really sort of around the same level as where he was when he originally came into the team at Liverpool in terms of Solanke and Brewster. You know, and it, I think ultimately we're probably going to talk about how uh, how good a run Origi had pre uh, Funes Mori uh, in that Everton game where he uh, sort of stomped on him and uh, ended his, his nice run there. But I think when you do that, when you go back that far and when you talk about the sort of a relatively short run that he had there, it starts to get a little 
Lilana esque you know it's like uh, we're looking back too far and uh, too short a period of time and I think for the level that Liverpool is at right now uh, he's probably going to want to look to other opportunities himself and I think the club probably is as well um, in terms of Solanke, um, you know, the listeners have heard us go back and forth on his pros and cons at length, especially usually when I'm on the pot. Uh, he would have wished for a better season scoring wise, I'm sure, but he blows Origi away in terms of goal involvement, pressing stats and everything that, uh, all those sort of Bobby Firmino stats that are so important to how the team functions. And, uh, Solanke's able to, to provide all that off ball stuff and, um, it's, uh, it's certainly from a false nine position. That's there's nobody else really that can do that unless we bring in Fakir. Um, and then uh, Brewster. Uh, speaking of summer romances, uh, Brewster he got some kind of promise from Jurgen Klopp. Uh, we don't know what that is. Um, what did he promise him? Just hugs, maybe more. I don't know. But uh, certainly, if I was a Rigi and definitely Solanke as well, I'd be wondering. What kind of minutes, uh, Brewster was given a commitment to and with their, you know, we know that there's going to be so few reserve minutes to go around based on what Solanke got. Um, so if he's competing with a couple of other people, then, uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be just not a lot to go around. So I think, I think Solanke, both Solanke and Rigi are probably going to want to move on. Um, Solanke more on loan and Rigi probably on a permanent basis. Um, and yeah, if Brewster, uh, he wouldn't have resigned unless he thought he was going to have some kind of like serious involvement in the squad for this coming year. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Okay, cool. And we'll go to you, um, next, Alex, then. I want to sort of just get your overall thoughts on Adam's article and your sort of overall thoughts on what Adam says about the positioning and where you see these three players over the next 12 months. So whether you see Origi having a future at Liverpool, whether you see Brewster being out on loan potentially, and what we're going to do with Solanke. So, yeah, just get your sort of impression on the the three situations and then sort of go into a little bit on each player if you want to. Um, yeah, sure. Um, well, in terms of the article itself, it was interesting considering there are three strikers who are in very different situations right now. And obviously, my article centred on um, Big Div, Divacari, as kind of the one that could and should stand out. Um, but, again, Adam made some good points in terms of Brewster is the one that kind of a lot of fans want to see succeed. He was being targeted by Gladbach. He was being targeted by big kind of European teams who could see the potential in him, see the talent, and wanted to kind of make good on Liverpool's potential mistake. But at the same time, it's like, it's still potential and nothing more than that. Dominic Solanke is the kind of hybrid between Origi and Brewster in that he's... All still all promise, but he's showed that through kind of maybe five or six appearances that again have done nothing like in terms of manifest that promise into something actual and excellent and kind of material, but have just kind of improved on what Liverpool supporters thought they were getting from a striker who arrived with a free, fair enough. Uh, and a striker who, to be fair to like he had some very good um, moments last summer in the, in the under 23 World Cup, I think it was, um, or under 19 World Cup. I can't remember which, but, uh, yeah, he, he was key to that England side that won the tournament. So I think fans were already kind of 
twisted with perception that this kid is something special when, um, again, this, it'd be the same as judging a player off one World Cup. We've seen it happen before. We've seen Liverpool pull that out before, and it does not necessarily go well. So Salaki is the weird kind of amalgamation between Brewster's situation, which is all hype, all potential, very young age, and Dimitri's situation, which is there's something there, can Klopp kind of use it? Um, so I, and a, the interesting thing about Adam's kind of anecdote with the, the girlfriend and Tim Ogarigi coming back to things that are different, other than the fact that I don't believe him when he said it hasn't happened before, because that was far too, that was far too <laughs> intricate and well laid to not have happened to you. But, um, it's okay, Adam, who hurt you? I'm, I'm definitely definitely not currently scrolling for Adam's <laughs> Twitter feed looking for women called Gasmin. That's definitely not happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Good research, Tom. Make sure you report back. Thankfully, thankfully I'm old enough that this would be like pre-Twitter or something. Oh, okay. Facebook, Tom. You didn't check Facebook. Screw our Facebook. Um, anyway, I, I think it's interesting because he's right in a way that perhaps Origi left as this kind of hybrid between a winger and a striker. Klopp used to start him a lot. In 2016-17, he started him 14 times. Um, but... I think the situation he's coming back into now may actually suit him better, may actually favour him given given his circumstances. Uh, and that was kind of what I based my article on as well. Okay, wicked. So um so yeah, some interesting um interesting points there. I'll give my my view my views on the um on the three of them quickly. I think with Brewster, I think obviously he is as as Alex says, he is the youngest. So I feel as though I don't, I don't necessarily believe that he's been promised first team football at the club this season. I don't, I'm not sure that's necessarily why we would have kept him. I certainly feel as though he could be in and around the first team mix. But I feel as though if, if you're chatting with an 18 year old striker, you only need to give him long term guarantees. I don't think you necessarily need to promise him first team football. I think the other thing is he could well get take a loan, maybe take a loan somewhere in the Bundesliga where he can develop his game a bit. I certainly think he will have been given assurances by Klopp to some degree, but I'm not necessarily sure that means he's gonna get into Solanke and Origi. Maybe maybe the offer was as simple as you'll get a go in pre-season. I think that's the thing that is, as was alluded to, is very important. I think all three of these lads will probably be told, you know what, I'm going to give you all game time in pre-season. Go out there and impress me. Go out there and show me what you're made of. Because that's what Solanke did last summer. To an extent, he kind of earned his way slightly higher up the pecking order than maybe he might have been by having a really strong pre-season. Whereas Divi obviously wanted minutes, so ended up out on loan. So it will be interesting to see how these three do in pre-season and how it develops um in terms of looking forward i do think if we're looking at which one has the most potential versus which one's going to get the most impact i would like to see Origi get another go because i do feel as though we benefit from our system i mean we're going to we'll move on to talk about Origi more more closely in a minute but um i do think it's worth noting that that wolfsburg side he was playing with were absolutely trash so it's not as if he was, you know, it's not as if he was playing for Bayern Munich and struggling to score goals. He was playing for a side that would not have given him a lot of creativity to play with. Um, as, as, as you say in the article, um, Adam, six goals, but nobody got into double digits in that Wolfsburg side. They only scored 36 goals all season. Um, and I think the key, the key thing there for me is how low his XG per 90 is because XG is one of those things that like you, you can't get high XG just by being a good player. It's one of those things that is entirely dependent on where, how you're playing and where you're playing the system. And, and, you know, someone like Solanke, who, as I mentioned before, you know, comes into games. Because I do feel as though Solanke, it's, it's too early to say with Solanke. I don't feel as though 
we've had anywhere close to a legitimate sample size from him to sort of see what he's capable of. So, but he has come into games where we have been throwing the kitchen sink at it. And when you've got players like, as Alex alluded to, Sadio Mane, Mo Salah putting, putting things on a plate for you, you're going to end up doing a lot better than you would be doing. Um, you would end, yeah, you're going to end up yeah. in this situation, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, you know, obviously these are vastly different types of players, but, um, you know, Origi, I think there's a lot of comparisons coming off of the preseason when Chelsea signed Morata and uh, Solanke was having this, like, amazing season in terms of a youth prospect. Um, and the, I think it was the under-21 cup, whatever whatever it was. He was, like, the most outstanding player. And, uh, you know, people were sort of comparing him to Morata. They're similar sizes, similar sort of styles and, uh, like, as if we got one up on Chelsea, maybe we have, who knows. But, um, but I do think that the style wise, they're sort of similar. And, uh, you know, Murata struggles, uh, st- he struggled in the role that Chelsea tried to play him in, playing on the counter, having him as sort of like the lone striker up top. And I don't think, uh, Solanke functions well in that sort of role either, where Origi, you know, if you're talking about purely from a counter attacking perspective, like if you get Origi on the break, he can score where Slanky hasn't proved that yet. Or I think the type of players that Murata and uh, Slanky are, it's more like that sort of scrappy pick up the rebound and, and put it back in type of type of situation. And then they give you all the other stuff. So, you know, different kinds of players. The other thing that, that occurs to me is that the other, you know, we you sort of like work your way back through the squad and there's other players that come into play as well. I mean, we didn't see a lot of Woodburn, you know, this past season, but obviously he's going to be pushing for game time, at least in the, you know, in the preseason to show what he's got, at least. And the one thing that I think Origi does bring to the table is he's naturally able to play on the left side and ultimately like a left-sided attacker, sort of, if we added one or whether Origi ends up being that player, it sort of makes the rotation work easier for, for all the attacking players going forward. Um, so he's got that going for him, but then if you look at Woodburn, he's going to be trying to play on the left wing and at the eight as well. So, um, so he's also got sort of a battle on his hands in terms of, uh, you know, battling against Woodburn. So it's, it's going to be a really interesting preseason. Uh, you know, these guys are going to have to stay, they're going to have to stay really fit as well. I'm sure that's going to be something that Klopp's looking at. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. For me, it just seems like the team as a whole has gone up so many levels. Since Origi has left, or since he's lost, uh, since he's struggled with his fitness, and uh, you know, from what I've seen, he's just not up to it. I mean, yeah, you look at—he was in a bad team at Wolfsburg, but then, uh, you know, we can also talk about Danny Ings. Um, Danny Ings was obviously in a bad team before we brought him in at Burnley, and he put up more goals than that. So, um, it's—it's—it'd be tough for me to see Solanke coming back in. I think it's just—I uh, think he's had his run, and it's. Sadly, time for him to move on. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so, Alex, I'll give you a chance to sort of respond to everything. We'll come into the Origi discussion a little bit later. So, I do kind of just want to focus on Solanke and Bruce just for a little bit longer. So, any anything you want to sort of respond to that Adam said, or anything you kind of feel about how we're looking at maybe Solanke moving forward? I think I think we're kind of, or, or anything you want to respond to what I said about Bruce potentially. Um, yeah, I think uh, there are a couple of things that are kind of being projected by Liverpool fans a lot in, with the whole Solanke thing. One is that his off-the-ball work, while good, 
all happens in five minute bursts that he comes on for in um at kind of the end of a game when everyone else is tired and it's clear that that's what he wants to do to make an impression. Um, whereas I think other strikers would maybe look to actually score goals uh, rather than maybe miss the chances, but it's okay. He runs. I think Solanke has, has a real, real good bedrock, a real good foundation, but there is absolutely no reason why he should be even like kind of remotely considered near the level of Bobby Firmino, which is what we need. Um, the fact is, and I'll get into a review later, that um, but Brewster is currently 18 and has a lot of hype about him for good reason. He absolutely destroyed the um, kind of the younger divisions, the under-23s, under-19s under Liverpool. He got promoted to the training camp. I believe Stephen Gerrard was the one who kind of, Picked him out, or it might have been Linders. I can't remember who the who the story, well, who who broke the story, and or who was responsible for kind of picking out Brewster for and selecting him for first team training. That'll be where Klopp's seen him. That'll be why Klopp has promised him, I assume, lots of hugs, like Adam said, uh, and probably a little bit more in terms of game time. But you just have to think we can't make the same mistake with Solanke than that we did with. Uh, sorry, we can't make the same mistake with Brewster that we did with Solanke, which was. He is the prodigious youth prospects who, yep, we like. We, he, we, and I, I don't think it was wrong to not loan Solanke out. I think it was wrong to kind of have him as our key striker to bring on the moments where we needed someone to break the deadlock because it just puts too much pressure on a 19 year old. And I don't think, to be honest, Solanke is all that good compared to kind of the likes of like those those strikers at other clubs. Um, Adam mentioned Morata. They can bring on Morata now, or they can bring on Giroud, Chelsea. United have got wealth up front. You can bring on Rashford because Mourinho refuses to start him. Uh, the Rashford debate is interesting as well because Liverpool uh, under Klopp will always be seen as someone who kind of gives players a second chance but also gives youth a chance. That may work in Brewster's favour, but I don't think it worked in Solanke's favour because every time he came out, he, he showed that he just doesn't have it yet, yet. Um, which is important because we're a team that got to a Champions League final and on the bench was Don Solanke. If we had to bring up Don Solanke to a Champions League final, Real Madrid fans would have laughed because imagine if we were in a Champions League final and Real Madrid were bringing on some 19-year-old Spanish kid who's made six appearances over the entire kind of season's tenure. Yeah, we probably, and we probably we probably should have brought him on. To tell you the truth. But and that's the thing. It, given the context, he would have done more than Lallana, which is the, the kind of the sad thing about Liverpool's squad. Was yes, we got to a Champions League final, but it was on off the back of a really strong core eleven, and Solanke was our backup, and that was difficult yeah. to deal with. Um, but think, at the same time, I think Brewster. Do you think it'd be more? Do you think it'd be more forgiving for Brewster because I'm sure he'd get. I'm sure you'd get time as a, as a striker coming on, but I think you'd also get time on probably coming on for Salah on the right wing, or as part of a two or something like that. I think and I think it's a more forgiving position to come into. Like Solanke coming on is ostensibly the striker whenever he came on. Um, you know, everybody's obviously expecting goals to come from that position, and they just didn't. But to be fair, Solanke's running, which is one of the things that I do like about him, is. He was he was able to come on on the wide flank and do the running that Salah wasn't doing for the last 20 minutes because he was knackered. So 
to be fair to him, he was good for when we were two goals up and we just said, okay, there you go, Dom, go for a run. But that's what we can use Brewster for if he is on the bench. And I think the point is now we can't afford to have Ings because he's just terrible. Um, and I know, I know a lot of people will say like, yeah, but Ings isn't that young. Oh, sorry, isn't that old, rather. In the context of this conversation, he is old. He's the oldest. But at the same time, he's still relatively young. But he's just like, what are we doing with that Ings? He's, we're tolerating basically a rehab, a rehab course for an injury victim that is fair enough. He's a, and I really liked that Ings as a player, but he's one of those plucky players that scores in five goal patches, but needs to play 30 games a season at least. Uh, and the fact is Liverpool can't offer him that. His finishing has not been up to, up to par at Liverpool. He, he scored his first goal this season. There is a real case to say that someone will pay at least 10, 15 million for him unless he gets re-injured again in pre-season. Um, I think Palace was the last club linked with him. That's kind of his level, which is fair. That's fine. It doesn't seem like Liverpool will go out and buy a backup striker. Um, and I don't think we should because we do have one who scored in the World Cup in 2014 for Belgium at 19 years of age, and that's Divacuri. And the, the point is that Divacuri's proved he can do it more than any of the other strikers we have at this club. Okay, so I'm going to jump in with a couple of quick bits, just to kind of clarify and clarify. I think one of, one of the things you pointed out was really important about Danny Ings is when we bought Danny Ings, he was only 22-23. You know, that's a good young player who's come off, who came off a good, strong Premier League season with Burnley. But now we're looking at him going, oh, hang on a minute, he's now going to be 26 by the time the season starts, and he's been injured for the last three years. And that's just going nowhere, really, as a player. I don't think there's anything to sort of suggest that he's going to go anywhere um, other than to a mid-table Premier League club, really. A um, couple of bits. One bit on Solanke, actually. He has played a full season of, of top-level football with Vitesse Van Arnhem. Admittedly, it was a couple of years ago, so he would have been a lot younger. But his numbers in that season were very, very similar to Origi's last year, although, obviously, as we say, Origi would be a lot further along in his development. Um, but there's nothing to suggest in Solanke's history that he's a prolific goal scorer, which is the thing, maybe one of the issues. Um, and then a couple of quick bits on Brewster. First of all, I mentioned that I was hoping he'd get a preseason. That doesn't look like it's going to happen because it looks like he'll be injured until the end of August, which is a real shame if he misses preseason. Um, the other thing that I wanted to get uh, your guys' opinion on before we move on to talk about Origi, which we're going to do in a second. Um, one of the things I liked about, one of the things I said regarding Ben Woodburn, who's already been mentioned, is that I liked the idea of just having him around the squad. I felt as though he was going to, at his stage in his career, which is only just turned 18, very young player, plenty of time to develop into someone talented. I would rather he stay around this club as much as possible, suck in the atmosphere, suck in the first team dressing room, get to know the dressing room, learn from the players, and spend as much time as young poppers as physically possible, rather than shunting him off somewhere to get game time. Um, and then maybe in a year or two, when they turn sort of 19, 20, that's when you want them to start really racking up the minutes at the top level. Um, and potentially by that point, they would be good enough to do it for Liverpool. So I'd be curious to get both of your thoughts on on that, whether or not you feel as though Brewster might learn more and might be better playing with us but not playing than he might be on loan somewhere else. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think he's better off staying, at least for this year. You know, at least for the first half of this year, let's put it that way, because we got to stay. We got to stay in the cup. 
just for the for the youth, you know. I mean, I I was just sort of penciling some names in, and you know, it would just work out so well on paper if you had if you had in the squad Booster, Woodburn, Grich, and Gomez. Then you've got like a really top level prospects at sort of each level of the squad, you know, a striker mid, you know, sort of attacking midfield, deep midfield, and uh, and the defense. So. That would work out well. I don't think that I don't think ultimately that's going to happen because it sounds like we're sort of putting uh, Grealish on the block. But um, you know that that would work well functionally if you had like those guys playing in the in the League Cup along with more experienced players like Genie or Hendo or whatever, sort of like filling out the rest of that eleven. Um, yeah, and and if you were able to have Brewster as one of the front three for for games like that and and bobby and uh, uh he's playing along with bobby and mo or bobby and money or something like that i mean i think that would be amazing experience for him that would be you know worth 10 games that he could get at, at a lower level side or in the bundesliga so um you know you see other clubs other big teams that bring along these products within their squad rather than loaning them out um, you know, Chelsea is the one team that seems to loan everybody all around the world. But, um, but yeah, so I agree with you, Tom. I think, I think it'd be better at least for the first season, just for him to get familiar with being in the, in the first team senior squad to, uh, to hang around, uh, Melwood and, and just get that experience. I think, I think that's a good point in terms of getting the experience around the squad is probably better than getting experience at a bad loan. Like, um, OVGR, I'm not sure, learned that much at Sunderland. Ademik Origi, obviously, at Wolfsburg was tumultuous, to say the least. Uh, a bad loan can cost a player like a season of his career, especially when the loan isn't conducive to the way Jurgen Klopp wants to play. So I think Bruce is young enough that a season of maybe six or seven appearances like Woodburn had last season, training with the first-team squad every week, every other week, I think it's important that Brewster basically is allowed the time to kind of come good on his expectation. At the same time, I don't trust Liverpool's fan base in that any time that we start lacking goals, I have a feeling they're going to start calling for Brewster. And that could be kind of disastrous because if, he, if we start throwing this kid into the fire too quickly, there is good chance that he might not get through it. And that would be a real shame because he's a, he, by all accounts, he's an absolute freakish talent. Klopp's mentioned it before in multiple times in press conferences. Gladbach wanted him by the sounds of it, they were going to make him kind of their replacement for Josip Dermic, who's their backup striker, when last in or Raphael aren't fit. Um, so it makes a lot of sense to keep him at the club. Uh, I just think he, in terms of his game time, it's, it is going to be limited either way. Um, there is a good chance that he comes in, scores his first appearance, and all of a sudden he's further along than we thought. But I think the more kind of concrete proposition is that, yeah, he comes in, he does okay, he makes a few more appearances over the rest of the season. Hopefully he scores once or twice. Hopefully his finishing is at, at the stage where he can come in and influence a game. But I think in terms of that, that option off the bench, um, Dimokari is, is what we need right now, so I think he's kind of the, the staple in that. That Arsenal off the bench that we could have brought on in the Champions League final that we are going to need to rely on during pre-season, obviously, because of 
the fitness of Firmino Salah, who will return soon, and Sadio Mane. And I, again, I don't think we'll sign another backup striker. It'll probably be a backup, be a backup winger or someone who could rotate with the four, hopefully along with Nabil Fakir, although to not get me started on that tangent. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a good sign that we have three strikers who could potentially be our backups, but at the same time, one of them did very little last season and one of them is still a kid. So we still have to kind of measure our expectations and make sure they're not too extended along along a line that may very well not exist yet. Okay, I'll stick with you, um, Alex, because I want to go into the, the discussion about Origi, focus solely on Origi just for a little bit, because I know that obviously you've written an article exclusively on Deepak Origi. So I obviously we've kind of already touched on some of the points of your article, but if, if you kind of give sort of a general overview of your exact thoughts on the article with the focus on Origi, and then if there is anything that you wanted to add or sort of pick out from the article you haven't already come across, we can sort of start there and then balance off. Yeah, of course. So um, essentially it was basically that, okay, Origi may well have been at a very, very bad club for his development, but in terms of his development, he actually needs Liverpool right now, and I think Liverpool need him. It's a symbiotic relationship that could work uh, and had by all rights should work because he does deserve another chance given what he's done for us in the past and that maybe excluding what he did at Wolfsburg, he's still the player that we could very well resourcefully use. Again, the idea is Divock was important in a game against Borussia Dortmund that got us to the Europa League final. Um, he was vital in the season where Funes Mori cut it short dramatically with that horrid tackle, um, but essentially breaking his ankle. That was basically a reflection of how important Origi was to us was when that tackle happened. Lots of Liverpool fans were like, uh-oh, that's not good. That is very not good because he was one of our sources of goals this season where we weren't as prolific and we certainly weren't as manic in our attacking and just like utterly unbelievable. So I think Origi will come into this squad and have something to offer off the bench because we've seen him play wide on the left wing. When he gets when he gets the space to kind of turn on, he's not that quick over the first five yards, but once he gets going, he is a turbocharger. Um, and he's got a very, very good touch for someone who's, who is kind of big and burly and a goal scorer. So maybe his first touch needs work, but once he gets dribbling, he does have that kind of trickiness and silkiness that would fit into this squad and the counter attack. So I don't think that there's, I don't think there's much that Origi has that wouldn't fit in with us. So I think that, I think the stylistic fit is still a good one. But most importantly, he scores goals for us, and he has scored goals for us in the past. Like I said, he's, he's scored eight in that 14, uh, not 14, sorry, 16, 17 season where we made it to the Europa League final. Oh, sorry, 15, 16, or that was. Uh, and then the last season as well, when we made top four, he was, he was important. So it's not just a case of, well, he's, this unfounded talent, he's like Dom Solanke, he, 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 it's a battle between him and Solanke, because I don't think there are, they're even remotely like measurable together, because Solanke hasn't scored goals, and Origi has. Origi came from Lille, playing at a top level. Um, they didn't want to let him go to us straight away, which is fair, because he was important for them. Uh, there was the whole thing with Lekeep 
kind of putting him in their one of their in their worst team of the season, but that is more of a signal on how bad Lil were that season as well. So Origi's had it real rough for a lot of his career because he's been in some very terrible clubs. Also, the keeps um, star ratings aren't all that serious as well. They are very French press, are very interesting with the way. But that's that's a complete other tangent. Um, Wolfsburg was just intrinsically a terrible move for him because they don't play football like we want him, we want him to be playing. Martin Schmidt managed over a team that drew its first 11 games. That was incredible as a record alone. They sacked Martin Schmidt, appointed Bruno Labbadia, and despite the fact that they, he got the side scoring goals, they still had to bail themselves out of a, a relegation playoff. And Origi scored a goal in that relegation playoff. The first league that they won 3-1. He scored five or six, I can't remember the exact numbers, in his first kind of seven or eight games. All of them were draws and then scored maybe two in his next 21 appearances. Um, it wasn't a good season for him overall, but there were points where Wolfsburg were looking at it going, okay, this kid's good, this kid's got the talent. The problem came when they sold Mario Gomez because then they started looking at Origi and going, you need to be our focal point. You need to be scoring our goals. And he's not. He's a shadow striker. He's a second man. He is the exact same at Liverpool. Um, when he's played, he's always played off of a striker rather, or off of another attacker. And at this point, Origi doesn't need to be the prime goal scorer. He doesn't need to bang in 20 a season from 23 appearances, only half of them are starts. He scored enough goals to be able to come on, make an influence, but also not be the reliance that we need. Um, and in terms of stats, I got this from Patrick on Twitter, uh, Africa Pool. He's a good good man to follow if you want to go check him out. Um, in terms of goals per minute, he, he kind of averaged around 125 minutes per goal or assist per goal involvement in 15-16 when we made the Europa League final. And then 16-17 was a bit more, 138. But that's still a goal involvement every one and a half games-ish. Um, and that was 10 in 15-16, 11 in 16-17 in all competitions with three and four assists, respectively. So it's not like he's coming into this side unproven, like like that he, that he can't score goals. He can. Dominic Solanke has scored one. Ryan Brewster hasn't got his chance yet. But still, what, what would you rather put your the eggs in? Which basket would you put your eggs in? A basket that's been to a World Cup and then ousted Robin Lukaku, or one that, okay, it was albeit the best player at a youth World Cup. For me, there's no real kind of, there's no real strong case for not loaning out Dominic Solanke, seeing what he has, and allowing Divock Origi to be brought back into the fold. Come on, roll the dice, Alex. <laughs> go go with just, that. Go with the guy who never scored a goal. Yeah, it's just, I just, it's a gamble that wouldn't be worth taking when all the chips are in the favour of a Belgian. And the other thing is, if Liverpool fans are serious about wanting to do things differently, because they know that, obviously, we don't have the same money as City and United, then Divock is the kind of play that you have to put your time and resources into. It might not work, but there is a fact that yeah, he was a prodigious talent once, and he's not old enough now to just discard because someone could get him and turn him into a very good player. And the Liverpool fans would be like, well, why can't we do that? Well, it's because people don't have patience anymore. So this club is stuck between wanting to be Sevilla under Monchi and wanting to be Manchester City under 
Guardiola's backroom team and to Kriki Bergestan. It's it's it, this balancing act the clock has to do, and when we have something, when we have a resource, I can't see why Klopp wouldn't try at least try to make it work. And it was kind of important that he didn't allow Wolfsburg to install a buyout clause in the loan deal, which kind of showed to me that yeah, he does see a future for Origi. I hope that it kind of a bad loan spell and an awful Wolfsburg. It was their worst season ever in the Bundesliga. I hope that hasn't tasted it too badly. Yeah, those are a couple of points that I'm um, sorry, uh, sorry Adam. Those are a couple of points that Leanne, Leanne wanted to wanted to raise. I know she was really desperate to go on the pod. She she wanted to raise the point that you know Klopp refused to let Origi go. Klopp didn't want to sell Origi. That he's not a player that Liverpool actively wanted to get rid of. It was a case of Origi saying, "I want to go out and play regular football. Please let me go." And Klopp saying, "Do you know what? Fine. This season you can go loaned out. And this is some this is a team that you know we want. We think you might benefit from. And obviously it didn't work out that way with Wolfsburg. And I think the other point that Leanne Leanne wants to make is that, you know, he's a player who has scored goals. As you said, Adam, Alex, sorry, she is a, he is a player that goes out there and puts the ball in the back of the net. A lot of people talk about how Origi was crap at times in the ball. He was a crap player who scored 20 goals in two seasons. So if he, you know, this is one of the things that, that bugs me. It's like, well, if he's a crap, if he's been crap for two seasons and scored 20 goals, how good is he going to be when we actually get him playing well? Um, he is a player who does benefit from having a run of game, run of games in the team, which obviously might be an issue. But, um, He's a player who does need to have a good season. He's running out of, he's running out of goodwill. That is an issue. And he's running out of, maybe not excuses, but he's running out of reasons, if that makes sense. Obviously, it's one thing and then it's another. He's playing for a crap little team. He's playing for a Liverpool team that aren't getting the best out of him. Then he gets the big injury. Then he goes on loan to Wolfsburg. You know, sooner or later, it's either got to happen for him or it's not. And that's, for me at least, what makes this such a critical summer. And I know that Adam Petrucian is sat there itching to have his itching to have his say on Origi because I know he doesn't agree with us at all on Origi so Adam I'm going to let you dive straight in and give us your thoughts on Divock Origi who I know you're not as big a fan of as me and Alex well listen I mean he was he was key to the Europa League run that's you know I have no ill will towards the guy but I guess just a couple of concerns that I have right so you know we're just listing off his performances and seasons gone by and then you know, if you're a striker in a couple of different teams who have had really bad seasons, when you're talking about Lille and you're talking about Wolfsburg, it's not as if he's uh, somebody on the fringe. You know, he's not he's not somebody who's just like a winger or whatever that was just involved in a bad team and sort of on the periphery and he couldn't do anything about it. You know, if you're if you're the main uh, if you're supposed to be like the main goal output for uh, for a team and that team has a terrible season, then you're sort of like a big part of that, you know. So I don't know. The other the other thing that concerns me is, um, you know, I, 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 the thing that's weird is I try to think back to when there was that whole like Sturridge or Rigi debate during the Europa League run, and we all felt like he was doing all the things that Sturridge wouldn't do, but now we've gone up so many levels as a squad and especially with our attack. But now it just seems hard to even imagine him like fitting in with the attack that we have now and him doing the kind of things that we would really, that Klopp would require and that the system requires. You know, his role as a striker from just remembering, just recalling those matches, it just was more straightforward than, uh, what we're doing now. These guys all sort of float around and end up in different spots on the pitch in terms of our front four, really. And, 
I just can't see him really doing that. I mean, he does have the flexibility in terms of like switching back and forth between uh, the left wing and the and the and a central striker role, but I just don't. Uh, you know, and that's the other thing too. If if we start bringing him on, or let's say, God forbid, somebody gets injured. And he comes into that team and the attack stalls because he's not able to have that sort of flexibility or the, just the front four doesn't function as well with him in it. You know, people are going to start pointing fingers at that. And I just feel like, uh, at least Solanke, he, he, his movement is fantastic. I mean, so while he might not be putting up the goals, I mean, the minimum you can do is just not get in the way of these other star players. And he at least does that. Um, and I think, you know, we really haven't seen anything of Brewster except for grainy film, <laughs> you know, videos of people on, uh, fields in front of like no spectators. But, um, you know, just from what we hear and what we've seen as far as the little highlights that are available, it just seems like you'd have the flexibility to switch to either Wang or, uh, or play centrally as well. So you'd think that that would work out. So I don't know. I just, there's a lot of, a lot of little things that I just, I, would be concerned for Regi, and I just feel like he, he couldn't he couldn't lift Lille, and he couldn't lift Wolfsburg. And you look at you know some other recent seasons, just thinking of Premier League teams. I mean, we 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 signed Alana off of the season he had at Southampton. He raised the performance of that team to a sort of like a mid-table club. And I think of like Michu at Swansea, and he was able to play a counter-attacking role, and uh, you know got them to several layer, levels higher than what they really should have been. Um, and, and Ariz just hasn't been able to do that. We were able, Klopp was able to like work miracles with him and that whole squad really in that Europa League run. But, you know, I just kind of feel like Klopp is able to get the most out of these players. And then they go, if they go other places and they're not able to put up that kind of production, maybe that's, maybe that's the real them. Maybe that, maybe the, the player that's under Klopp is sort of an, uh, enhanced version of, who they really are, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. For me, it's time to move on. I think, yeah, it's a, it's a rel, it's a relatively difficult question to answer whether or not Origi is better under Klopp because of Klopp or because he just fits better and was at some terrible situations before. I do think that there was one thing you said there, Adam, which was he has to take at least some of the responsibility for the Wolfsburg thing, which I'll equate to this. George Clooney is an excellent actor, but he was an awful Batman. He was a terrible, terrible Batman. And that movie, Batman, well, between Batman and Robin, Batman forever, take your pick. But uh, Clooney is a brilliant actor, and yes, he must take some responsibility for how absolutely god-awful that film was. But let's be honest, the film, or I may be talking to absolute blank, blank walls here, maybe producer guy, maybe he'll... He'll be with me on this one. Uh, that that movie was as bad as it was because of its director, who was Joel Schumacher. Uh, George Clooney couldn't save that film, and yes, he did detract from that film. Divock Origi was at an absolutely awful Wolfsburg team that was, for the most part, terrible because of the way it was run uh, and because of a lot of things that happened behind the scenes that were conducive to an expensively assembled team that had no identity for a good three or four seasons then sold their prime goal scorer in Mario Gomez, who, okay, was injured, and decided to put all the eggs in baskets that just were not coming up with anything. 
Origi hasn't been to a side yet where he could actually show his skill set. He needs to be in a front line that's constantly moving. He needs to be allowed to get a run at the ball. He needs space. It's imperative that if he does get brought back in, he is allowed the time to readjust and, and become accustomed to the way Klopp plays. But at the same time, there is a lot still to be desired from Divock Origi. I get that. It's just he's scored goals for Liverpool and he scored goals uh, for Wolfsburg as well. And, and for, with um, a stat that Tom just sent through was he's got, got six goals at Wolfsburg from 6.3 expected goals. So he was expect, essentially running to standard. But Wolfsburg's expected goals were some of the worst in the Bundesliga. It was one of the worst expected goal tally in the Bundesliga. And this is not a league that's stacked with goal-scoring teams. Freiburg, Borussia Mönchengladbach, um, even Frankfurt at times, and then obviously the two that got relegated, Köln and Hamburg, all just, they they were not goal-scoring teams. They were not proficient. There you go, Tom's just said through. It's the second worst. Wolfsburg's actually was the second worst in a league where there aren't that many prolific strikers and there aren't very many pro- prolific teams. It's not good. Um, so for Rigi to even score like he did in that first part of the season was very impressive. And, yeah, it dried up, but it did dry up in a, a very terrible atmosphere. Uh, and I don't think you could kind of dower his reputation based on what was essentially a very, very terrible movie script. Yeah, no, I'm with Adam. I'm with Alex. Sorry, I missed one. Um, I'm with Alex. Um, ah, so close. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> obviously, no. Yeah, the numbers I've put in just really emphasize how how poor this this Wolfsburg team were. They created 32 expected goals over the course of the season, which is less than one a game. Only two teams were less than one a game. The other one was Mainz. So it, it really was appalling. Um, when you look at the conditions that he was scoring in, I mean, you, you know, I, I think Alex is Alex is bang on in that respect. You can't look at a team that created that little over the course of a whole season and blame the striker, especially when Origi isn't necessarily a creative player anyway. I feel like Origi's one of those players where he, he offers a lot to the side, but creativity isn't necessarily one of those attributes that he offers. So I'm not really sure how you can look at that, look at that whole context of what's going on at Wolfsburg and say Origi's at fault. I, can, I mean, I love the Batman analogy. I, I'm a big Batman fan, so I do absolutely adore that analogy. It, it's like it's like anything, isn't it? You have to look at the collective whole and you could say, yeah, you know what, fair enough. Maybe Origi should have done more. Maybe maybe a better player would have elevated that team. But I think I don't think the argument here is that Origi is some like you know amazing superstar world beater who's been consistently beaten down by crap teams. I think the argument here is that Origi is a very decent player who hasn't quite had the potential to to show what he's capable of. Um, so Adam, I'll let you sort of bounce back off that one and see. See what you think. We are running a, a bit short on time now, but obviously I want to give you guys the, the chance to say everything you want to say. So Adam, if you want to sort of, you know, respond to those last few points of Alex. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, if Alex thinks that, that what he needs is to have the type of team around him that, that Liverpool possess at the moment, I mean, uh, you yeah, know, let's see it. Let's see it in the preseason. But uh, I just, I just have my doubts. I mean, I just think, I just think it's, and it's really. It's a good thing, right? Uh, Liverpool has just gone up, improved by leaps and bounds under Klopp, and I just think the year plus that's passed since Origi was really uh, central to our plans is just night and day to where we are now. And, and uh, you know, 
I think I think there's other players coming in too. That you know we're looking at this from the equation of like, you know maybe we bring in an attacking midfielder, uh, and how that is going to leave the squad. But we don't know. I mean there could be we could bring in another forward. Uh, who knows? So um, you know I just think there's going to be it seems to be very like in flux right now in terms of where the transfer window sits and who our targets are. You know. It's very possible that we could bring in an attacking player and then you know, none of these guys are going to be sitting on a whole lot of time in terms of what's left over. So, uh, yeah, I just don't see it. That's uh, sort of my final, my final say is I don't see it. Okay. Yeah, and then, look, Alex, sorry, Alex, is there anything you wanted to add? I was just going to say on top of that, yeah, what Adam said there is kind of the most apt word. I think it's in flux. Everything's changing. Everything is shifting. But. Origi is too good to not be given the chance, and I think Klopp understands that it may not come to fruition immediately, but if he is given that chance, and if he does work, then that is a material kind of product that we can't simply just pass up. Um, in terms of targets, I think the only way that we could sign a backup striker and not have to then sign another backup winger would be signing someone like, although it'd be the other way around, it'd be signing a backup winger who could play up front, someone like Gonzalo Geddish, um, Moses Simon we've been linked to as well. But I think the more likely scenario is we get someone like Shakiri. We have those three forwards. One of them gets loaned out. Uh, and I'd say that kind of has to be Dom Solanke given, given last season and given he does need a season to show what that promise is all about. Uh, and Divock is the kind of player we would be looking at buying anyway. So why not just give him a chance and see what he can do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, for what it's worth, I agree. I think, I think Divock is the player that Liverpool won on the bench last year, this year, next season. Sorry, I have argued before. I think Origi would be perfect for this team. Um, I feel as though he's one of those players who would come off the bench and really benefit from some game time. I feel as though, I feel as though he's a good balance in the pressing as well. I, I mean, I know Adam, Adam, you're big on the whole Solanke's a much better presser than Origi, Origi subset, but I don't think, I don't think that's true at all. I think Origi's pressing stats were pretty decent when he did play in, in uh, 16-17, although it's harder to say because 16-17 was quite a low pressing year. But even so, I think Divi's more than capable of doing the pressing job. I think we've seen enough evidence that he's more than capable of doing it. That's um, the thing. That's the thing. I mean, we're, we were comparing it to, uh, the Sturridge pressing by himself to Origi, Origi pressing by himself and Origi was impressive in comparison. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't think it holds up anymore to these guys now, but yeah, like, uh, like Alex was saying, if we bring in somebody like, like Guedes, like he was saying, who's a, who can play central or left and that's, that blows the whole thing up and you're not going to see <laughs> Origi's going to be out the door for sure if something like that happens. I, I mean, bottom line is we'll find out sooner or later because we will see who Klopp signs. We will see what sort of player. Because there are some players out there who offer us wide players who can play strikers. Others maybe not so much. So it'll be interesting to see exactly who we bring in. And exactly see who goes out the door because we've talked about Ings, we've talked about Solanke, we've talked about Brewster, and we've talked about Origi. And the simple truth is there is not enough space in the squad for all of them. There's barely enough space in the squad for two of them, if I'm being completely honest. Although I think Brewster obviously is one of those. Um, so it'll be curious to see how it all unfolds. Um, thank you very much for coming on, gentlemen, to discuss it. It's been a really, really interesting debate. Um, so we will kind of we'll finish up with some plugs then, uh, and I'll go to you first, Adam. Is there anything that you need to plug out? Any other articles you've got coming in the pipeline at the moment? 
Uh, right now I've got uh, another article out there that's on Lucas Paqueta, who's a player that we've been linked with from Brazil. He's an attacking midfielder, and uh, the Brazilians uh, seem to be, in terms of just glancing at my uh, Twitter mentions right now, the Brazilians seem pretty upset that I'm even uh, acknowledging <laughs> these links. So. <laughs> so it seems like he's a player that's uh, important to them, at least. But uh, take a look Adam at that. Adam has started a Brazilian <laughs> Twitter storm that is, looks like no signs of stopping. So take a look at that. There's probably like a 1% chance of that deal happening, but it's a super exciting player. So if it, if it does, it'd be amazing. Um, and then I've got uh, got something else coming up this week as well, but I, I haven't uh, exactly finalized what that's going to be. So keep, uh, keep in tune. Keep, yes, yeah, something like that. Stay tuned. Yes. Stay tuned is the phrase you're looking for. Alex, my friend, anything you need to plug from your end? Uh, yes, I'll be coming out with an article on five League One players that we can look at, uh, and I will do my utmost to not mention the words Nabil Fakir in that, although I can make absolutely no promises. Um, yeah, so that'll be coming out, and then uh, probably sometime next week as well, I'll be looking at another transfer piece, probably, probably along the lines of five players from the Bundesliga. So, uh, yeah, in terms of the, the World Cup going at full force, an outward look at uh, any transfer targets that you may be seeking, then make sure you look my way because I'll certainly be coming out with content like that. And if, if slash when Liverpool return for Nabil Fekir, I will be on a podcast. I will be on a podcast to, to go wild over that. Uh, as I was on previously that most audience, audience members will not be aware of. Uh, that's okay because it, it will happen again, Tom. It will. It just will. I, I thought I'm extremely excited to hear two hours of Alex just screaming. Because <laughs> yes. That would be... I'll be <laughs> and I'll, I'll be providing up to the minute uh, plane tracking. Yep, that'll yes, be... Mis- yep. Mr. Plane Tracker himself. <laughs> that would be lovely. Um, yeah, as for me, I've got an article coming out in the next couple of days on the 352 that Southgate plays. I thought it'd be a really interesting experiment to sort of explore how Liverpool might work if they were to operate that, that 352 that England plays, so sort of assessing our strengths and weaknesses in that system. Um, I think it would be an interesting system to try out if we do pick up an injury to particularly Sadio Mane, because I feel like Mane is the main player who holds the 4-3-3 together. Um, and the other thing I obviously want to plug is this pod. I know I plug it every week, and I know if you're listening to this pod, you probably do listen to us every week, but it is a really, really good pod to do, and um, we get some really cracking writers on every week, so I'd always recommend you check out the articles that are on the site. Um, and obviously... Thank you so much to Leanne, who obviously works really hard for this pod as well. I'm, I'm, I know she's gutted she couldn't be on today because she really wanted to talk about Divi. Um, thank you both very much for coming on, gentlemen. And thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. We're probably going to be looking at the same sort of time each week across the summer. So we're going to be looking at Tuesdays or Wednesdays pretty much every week. So in the summer, so it should be quite a regular schedule. Um, but do keep listening and uh, do keep reading the articles that are on the site. Network.